Welcome, dear listeners, to episode 15 of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor. How far we have come, how far yet to go, we don't know. But it is such a pleasure to journey with you. We so appreciate your company. Looking into the long secret tunnel, I didn't like the idea that I'd have to crawl into such a confining space, definitely not somewhere I felt drawn to go. The drum of the ghostly soldiers continued to beat within my head. Hope in my heart that they find comfort on their next adventure, marching to a place of comfort. I sat before the little secret door that, shall I say it, magically opened on its own. One is never sure how these things happen, but I am glad for the sharing of magic and a way for us to go forward. I still felt the vibrations of the ghostly soldiers, the beat of their drum within my being. It seemed to give me the courage I needed. Stronger and stronger I grew with each beat. To test this energy, I extended my hand into the tunnel, surprised to physically feel a gentle thump in the center of my palm that matched the drum beat within my head. Feathers, do you hear the drum? I asked hoping for her confirmation to ease the odd sensations I was feeling. Caw, yes, caw, caw. She confirmed as she easily walked into the tunnel. As she walked on, I could see a slight amber glow upon her feathers. I crouched down on my hands and knees and looked past her deeper into the gentle darkness. The walls were made of large stones, the size of of a dew melon, all neatly placed together, matching their shapes so precisely that no grout was needed. The concept of weaving crept into my mind, each stone precisely woven into the fabric of the wall each craftily placed, creating perfection. From somewhere down the tunnel radiated the strange amber glow that caressed each stone, highlighting them with a crescent moon on one side. Is that Simon down there, lighting the way for us to follow, I contemplated? I touched the stone wall and could feel a unique vibration within it. The floor was smooth, made of large slabs of polished black stone, so shiny I could see my reflection as I looked down within them. I felt enchanted, looking down at myself in this darkness, this blackness, the amber glow across my face. Depths of another dimension stretched out behind me, almost pulling me within. 
I broke the trance, blinking my eyes to release their amber glow. Gorsky Manor is trying to catch me off guard once again. I had the uncomfortable thought that once we enter this tunnel, I just know that door is going to close and we will be trapped, unable to go back. It always, always happens that way in the movies. Oh, Feathers, this is kind of creeping me out. Maybe we should go back down the stairs, I whined to her, sadly reverting to my old ways. Feathers looked deep into my eyes, and I could see her searching for something. Once again, I have let my fears try to stop me from an adventure. This tunnel reminded me of a cave I was in with my geology class in college. We needed to wiggle through a tight tunnel that was an S-shape. I panicked and couldn't do it, then moped all that day, for I had missed out on an experience and an opportunity to grow. This scenario has been played so many times within my life. Am I here to grow? I asked myself. Am I here to experience? I now know that I am here to assist. That thought made me feel, well, good, good inside. Feathers does not appear to be fearful, and Simon had to go this way alone. We do need to find him. Yet it does get tiring, reacting the same way over and over, kind of like the ghosts, those ghosts within these walls, stuck in one scene of their being, reliving, replaying it over and over and over, unable to move past or perhaps not wanting to move past it. Hmm. I touched the stones once again, seeking strength and a feeling that this is the right way to go. I didn't feel anything negative, yet I didn't feel anything positive either. Oh, what a quandary. If only I wasn't so claustrophobic. Feathers still looked into my eyes, seemingly watching this discussion within myself. myself joining the song, and in the joining we began, me crawling on hands and knees right into the tunnel without reluctance. It was easy, so easy.
suddenly awoke as if from a dream. What had just happened? I found myself sitting with my back against the stone wall, hands stretched out touching two stones on the opposite wall. Feathers was here at my side, sitting calmly on the shiny black floor. I felt warmness from the stones at my back and a power within my palms where I touched the two stones on the other wall. Both were flowing their energy through my body like a conduit, a magical duet with me. I breathed in an earthly smell. Could that be a touch of sandalwood and frankincense? my two favorite flavors of incense. What is this doing swirling around in this tunnel, I wondered. Wispy tendrils floated towards me, a deeply hypnotizing sight. They curled and slowly twisted, caught in that amber light. I breathed deeply of their delicious scent and felt it energize me in a spiritual way, yet more like a remembering. I looked down the tunnel from whence we had come and could see the entrance so far away it was no larger than the size of an apple. The sight made me feel good. The doorway had not closed upon us. Oh, thank you, Gorsky Manor. I pulled my hands away from the stone, just a touch, and felt the pulse grow even stronger, a more physical, gentle surge of warmth. It filled the space between my palms and the stones. Life force energy. Really here. The dancing incense caught my attention again, and I followed its path with my eyes. Calm, curious, patient, yet eager to find its source. A few feet away from where I sat, I could now see the incense flowed from between the stones. There seemed to be a crack within the wall. I hated to release the connection to the stones, but knew it was time to move. I touched the stones in gratitude really noticing the feel of them. They were so smooth, yet I felt not the strength of an element of Mother Earth, but the power of man. I tapped a stone, and it felt hollow. What are these made of? I felt a question cross my thoughts, causing me to look inward, eyes focusing to that place of darkness and emptiness, the place where messages are shared, that I could feel always behind my left shoulder. I knew these stones, and the third one just above it. They were the the three, the three of so long ago, sharing a memory of togetherness. Yet, still alone.
I didn't want to release one of the stones. It felt like home, like me. I felt an inner ache, a little piece of me that was empty, a little piece that I had lost or left behind. I then felt a little snap in my heart, as if a missing piece of a puzzle was retrieved and once again made whole. Oh, this is magic, deep magics. I crawled over to the crack where the incense flowed from and being closer could also see the amber light coming from within it. I touched the spot and found the stones felt loose. Feathers, I asked her questioning. Be careful, was all she would share. I gently wiggled one of the stones again. It was loose, but still would not budge. I looked down the tunnel and saw there was another amber light in the distance. It felt it was calling us forward. We slowly crawled on, and Feathers began to hum her tune again. Feathers, what is that tune? Please stop. I think it puts me in some kind of a trance. Why are you doing this? I asked with great concern, as this seems more like something Simon would do. Sorry, Mistress. It is hard to resist the song of the stones. I will try. Thank you. I said with appreciation, wanting to ask more, but she flew away down the tunnel before I could. As I followed her, I could feel the pull of the stones. I wanted to stop and touch them again, them wanting me to stop and touch them again, but I resisted their call and pushed on ahead though I did touch a few stones as I passed. Then, with a crackle, the amber light exploded into the tunnel, flashing across the ceiling in blinding streaks of lightning, cracking and rumbling as I watched the stones ahead begin to shake on the right wall. I crawled faster, looking for feathers, as I, as I crawled, I glanced down at the black onyx floor to shield my eyes from the sharp brightness of the amber, but I nearly collapsed with fright and couldn't stop the scream that escaped from my throat. For behind my reflection in the deep, shiny black floor, I saw both a Above and behind me, hundreds of hooded figures looking down at me. Amber glowed in the shadows of the black holes that should be eyes, peering from under earthly brown hoods, and their mouths, oh, their mouths opened in the most unnatural way. Then I could hear their song.
I tried to close my eyes to the sight, but it was impossible. Those hooded figures. Oh no, I could... I could plainly see they were monks. Brown robes, shadowy, flowing robes, moving in time with their song. Shaded glimpses of their faces. Mouths much too wide as they sung, and those amber eyes. I heard a weird message. Weird to be hearing this at this strange time. It spoke of Amber. Amber came into my awareness and shared, I am the resin of the very first times, ancient, primal, primordial, the first vibrations of energy. I could not crouch here any longer and slowly started to crawl forward, not knowing what else to do. I looked ahead frantically, again for feathers, and thankfully saw her white form waiting for me. This gave me the purpose I needed to get to her. As I approached her, the monks' chanting changed. An urgent, menacing air filled their notes, chilling me to the bones. I saw a vision of aging bones stacked into the black earth. Rows of femurs together, rows of fibula bones, stacks of ribs and little hills of fingers and toes. The stones on the right wall began to quiver and rock, shifting and cracking. Then in unison, they all began to turn, creaking and scratching. Such an odd melody of groans between the many creaks and cracks shifting and grinding. And there before my eyes, here stuck within the confines of this tunnel's each stone turned around. Each stone revealed its true self. Each a human skull. Alive, chanting, clicking their teeth as they sang. Amber light shining from within their empty black eye sockets. I let out the most blood-curdling scream I have ever made and couldn't stop. All the skulls returned my scream. Their chanting was loud enough to wake the dead, which I think has already been done. I tried to cover my ears, but the confines of the tunnel amplified the chant, and I could only slightly muffle the sound. 
I looked at all the now chanting skulls again, trying to find some sense of this happening. My eyes were drawn to each and every forehead of the skulls. Each was marked with the rune so willow. How curious! The rune of the sun, the rune of happiness, wholeness, clear vision, the rune of song. Why is this rune here in this most traumatic place? The vibrations of the universe screaming out within all and everything. I look back and witness the three skulls I had been attracted to, now floated within the tunnel, seemingly watching me. A cold shiver ran down my back, and the hairs on my arms stood out with massive goosebumps. Then they began to flow to me. I saw feathers waving her wings to me. I quickly crawled over to her. She pointed to a spot on the wall. There, two skulls had been smashed. Their jaws broken. Teeth lay strewn on the black onyx floor. One skull's forehead was cracked in two. The amber light here was the brightest yet, so I could see through the hole where these skulls had been taken from. I could see this is where the amber light flowed the strongest. I look closer, taking a quick look back at the advancing skulls, who thankfully were moving very slowly. Through the hole, I could see the other side of the wall of skulls was a chapel below. Its stone walls glowed amber from colored candles of beeswax on tall iron candelabras. Rows and rows of ghostly monks knelt within. Tendrils of candle smoke and incense mist swirled and billowed slowly around and above these hunched figures. I tried to reach the hole, but it was too small for me to pass through. I looked at Feathers and could see she had the same thought that I had. Simon, had he disrespected this place and its inhabitants trying to make his way out? Out of this tunnel and into the chapel. Oh, Simon, what have you done? I reverently replaced the skulls back together with respect, fitting them gently within the wall the best I could. I closed my eyes and touched each skull, sharing a few words of sorrow and regret, asking for their forgiveness, wishing them peace, wishing them togetherness, offering my breath and energy for the healing they needed. As I opened my eyes, the skulls had been mended. There were no more cracks, and all the teeth were firmly in place. A bell began to toll. I felt it was their thank you. As it gently chimed, I could feel its call echo from down the tunnel. Keeping my eyes straight ahead, for whenever I glanced down to the floor, the shadowy monks were still there, but no longer chanting. 
just watching. As I moved down the tunnel towards the bell, the skulls began to turn back, turning away from us, going back to their quiet, stone existence. I look back to the three floating skulls, yet they still approached us. Up ahead, I could see a faint light. The gently tolling bells had become louder and more urgent. I could see something long and white at the end of the tunnel. It gently flowed up and down with each chime of the bell. All the skulls had now turned, and I could feel a breeze ahead of us. We crawled forward until we reached a tunnel going up and down. The thing of white was a rope, and as I looked up, I could see it attached to a great bell. A bell so far above us. I could also make out the starry night sky far above. Is this the bell of the chapel of Gorsky Manor? As if to answer my questions, Feathers shared. Ah, the manor began as a monastery. So, so long ago. The manor was thus built around it, section by section. Ah. I could hear the monks begin to chant again, quietly from below. A crack of lightning made us jump. As if in response, the monks answered the call with a strange, long note. Three you were, three you now are, three you will ever be. Feathers took off and flew down the tunnel. No time to hesitate. I reached for the large bell rope and grabbed it firmly, gently slipping onto it. My weight pulled the bell, and it rang loudly. I gently bounced upward as it rocked in response, and then I slowly made my way down the rope. It wasn't too far of a descent since we had only been up two floors. Yet I felt so relieved to finally touch the ground and stand firmly upright again. My back ached as I stretched out fully. I released the bell cord reluctantly, as the up-and-down pull of the bell was actually quite fun. There I stood in the bell tower. Feathers waited on a post. I turned to look around and caught my breath as I saw a hooded figure standing and waiting for me at the door. The monk slowly removed his hood, and I couldn't help sighing with glee. Oh, Pierre! I knew him. He is my guide to the herbs of the garden. I immediately smelled the fresh piney scent of yarrow that always accompanies him each and every time we meet. He is a monk of little words. He shared a small smile and motioned me forward.
We walked into a short hall and through an archway. I could hear the monks singing. We quietly walked into the large chapel. All the monks knelt in rows upon rows, hands folded in prayer. The chapel was simple yet beautiful. High arch ceiling reaching at least three stories high. Stone pillars and tall, thin stained glass windows along one wall. A small altar called my attention to one side, which was a few steps higher and had the same black onyx floor as was the tunnel. What really caught my eye was the circle of skulls that surrounded the chapel on all sides, located there halfway up the walls. That is where I have been, up there, behind the reverently placed skulls, the last remains of these ghostly monks, ever here within the walls of their beloved chapel, ever chanting. As we walked along the wall, not disturbing the now meditating monks, heads now bowed within their inner thoughts, my attention was drawn to a triangle of three skulls on the walls. The three seemed to call to me. I stopped to answer their summons, looking into their empty eyes, knowing they were not empty at all. I felt great affection for them, so familiar, this trio of three. I waited patiently for some sharing of the knowing, my heart open and willing to understand and to hear. Within my eyes, I saw a ladder-back chair, actually three, and three small beds in a row, three small wooden tables, and three monks hunched over in concentration in their work sitting upon their chairs, one lighted amber candle each, large books open to pages they were filling with script, beautiful black lines, weaving the tales so not to be forgotten. A flash of knowing told me they were us, my three companions, once again here in Gorsky Manor, once again traveling a piece of our internal path together. Me, Feathers, and Simon. These were the skulls that were following us in the tunnel. A small stone dropped from one of the skulls' mouth as I watched. It was my mouth of so long ago. I reached and caught it, already knowing what it was a white stone with suello carved in black. I looked closer, and it was actually three suwillows woven together into one. I looked to feathers with love and wished Simon was here. Takfira, I whispered. Pierre now motioned us to continue. 
we passed through special doors, like my childhood church had. These heavy doors were able to swing both ways and had a diamond window to peek through when you were late to service. Doors then felt like a spiritual barrier between the inner sanctum and the outer world. I could feel the shift right away as the door swung closed behind us. I looked back through the window, but all was dark and empty within, not to be seen from the outside. Pierre accompanied us to a side door that led out into the gardens of the monastery. I knew this place immediately. It was the garden of herbs that Pierre attended to eternally, with great care and constant affection. I saw our stone bench by the yarrow patch. Little did I know that I have already been to Gorsky Manor with our many visits. I smiled at that thought. Things are being remembered. We are the order of the amber stones. Pierre finally spoke in his soft and gentle voice. He took my hand and secretly dropped a stone within it. Then he turned and slowly faded into the garden. Lightning cracked once again, and we watched with pleasure and awe as it flashed across the night sky. Beautiful threads flowing out and smaller and smaller until silence returned. I looked to the stone in my hand, confused as I had already received a stone with the rune Sewillow upon it. But this was different. This stone was of amber. The chapel bell tolled one last time. A bright amber light began to shine in a tall window of the building on the other side of the garden. Looks like our way to go. Blessings and hugs, dear listeners.